What up, world? Fast first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me each week, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Today's episode, we are going to discuss the loss, the Blazers' loss to the Denver Nuggets yet again, another one-point loss, a back-to-back close losses to good teams. But I'm going to play you my conversation from the aforementioned Locker Room app. Uh, I went live after that game to, to the Denver Nuggets on the app. It's just like live radio. It's just like this podcast, only in live form. So I'm going to play you that discussion uh Talking about the Blazers' loss, reading some uh, questions from listeners in real time, and it's a lot of fun. It's uh, I just I want to encourage you. I want to give you a sample of what Locker Room is like. So in case you want to join it in the future, just uh, you know, download the app on your iOS device and join me on Wednesday evenings. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to play you a little bit of that conversation. Actually, a lot of bit of that conversation because it was really good. And um, it's like I said, it's it's just the live version of this uh, of this podcast. Uh, I even had a guest from the Locked On Podcast Network, Sean Coleman of Locked On Grizzlies, join me, who you'll hear a little bit later in this episode. So that's what we're going to do today. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free. Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension. Using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, or for an injury, or just the stresses of daily life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. It's got an OLED screen and designed to make you feel like you're holding something from the future. So just go on their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like DeAndre Hopkins, Paul George, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers. And you can try Theragun for 30 days at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On NFL's YouTube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft from April 29th to May 1st. All right, so... Here is my conversation from Locker Room. If you want to get involved again, just download the app. Join me Wednesday evenings. Uh, we discussed a whole range of topics from the Blazers' uh, close loss to the Denver Nuggets, is what we spent the majority of the first half of the show about, to looking ahead to what's next for the Blazers, the coaching situation. Um, and then a little bit later on in the episode, you're going to hear Sean Coleman of Locked on Grizzlies pop on because the Blazers' three of their next four games are against the Memphis Grizzlies. So here is my conversation from Wednesday evening. 
the Blazers had a stretch for 10 days, maybe when every time they played a good team, they were getting just put away, just shredded. But I, I mean, they're all the same kind of, and obviously playing a closer game is like more proof of you're capable, but it's, it's almost worse as a fan to watch them lose these two games that were totally winnable than it is when they just get throttled in the third quarter and you, you get to go to bed early or whatever. Like, these were these were tough losses. I thought the Blazers played well. Like I thought I thought they played pretty well. Um it's good to get Dame back. I don't know if he looked like, you know, 100% back or whatever and he's certainly not physically 100%, but um you know, he they're better with him in the lineup and he looked pretty good particularly early. He only had 9 points in the second half and he missed some shots late. Uh huge night from CJ. Uh he couldn't get it going from three, but I thought he, I, I thought he sh- did a really good job getting into his mid range and, and was really effective late. Um, the Blazers offense inside three minutes uh, just, just ran a lot through Nurkic and he sucked uh, quite frankly. Uh, JJ Wilson in the chat says Denver's bitch, came- Denver's bench, Denver's bench. Whoo boy. Denver's bench came up big for once. Yeah, I thought Denver's I thought Denver's uh second unit was awesome. I thought they I thought that team basically won the game for them. Uh particularly the start of the fourth quarter. That 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 bench group for Denver uh with Austin Rivers and uh PJ Dozier who I love and and Paul Millsap, they rocked. They 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 kept um they kept the you know, they got the lead back for the starters and then once they get Jokic back on the floor then then they they can really get things rolling, but um you know, where Denver has struggled to get sort of production outside of like from their depth and they really got it tonight. Even Falco Campazzo stepping in for, um, for Monty Morris who missed the game was really good too. So, uh, you know, big, big contributions uh, from, from uh, Denver's bench. Portland had, had pretty good night from their bench too. I thought um, Mello, even though he took some wild shots as he's wont to do, um, uh, was pretty good um, when he took sort of more reasonable jumpers. He he was pretty good. Uh, Anthony Simons came in and gave the Blazers good offense in his 15 minutes. Um, Ennis Cantor d- did what he does and, and, you know, got a bunch of offensive rebounds and, and scored in double figures. Uh, Nizir Little just didn't shoot very much, but I thought he played all right. Uh, Rocco with, with, after having two really quiet games, Robert Covington played way, way, way better for the Blazers. He was, um, he had back-to-back games where he took one shot and then two shots, three total shots in, in, in Sunday against one against Sunday against the Hornets and then two on Tuesday night against the Clippers. He he had nine attempts in this one. I know that like field goal attempts maybe isn't like the best measure of of productivity, but just to like have Robert Covington be involved in the offense was a big deal. Um, you know, his him chasing down a loose ball at the end was really valuable too. Uh, you know, like I said, uh and and Shout out to those joining, uh, you know, five whole minutes after we started. What's up? I'm happy to have you. Uh, I thought the Blazers played well. Like I thought, I thought they played well. Uh, you know, this was this was a, a solid performance. And here's the problem: the they need validation. They need they need some validation for how they've played. Um, they just. Uh, they don't need to say they don't need to pat themselves on the back and say we we played pretty well. They need just like to actually get some wins. Um, it's they're in a they're in a spot where they they kind of needed to get get back 
like they need to get back in rhythm and start playing better and they're doing that. But now, now they've kind of checked that box. They need to check the next one. They need to stack up wins because they've got 14 games left in the regular season and their schedule is, is pretty brutal. Uh, Memphis Friday, Memphis Sunday, then they play the Pacers who are, who are in trouble. Then they play Memphis again on Wednesday. Like the Blazers need to win two out of three of those against the Grizzlies. It's going to be, um, they're they're just they're in desperation mode. Shout out to Alex, Tyler, and Jacob for just joining the chat too. If anyone has questions, um, either throw them throw them down in the little uh, in the little chat box, and I'll talk about them on here. Or if um, you know you want to chat or whatever, hop hop on or ask to speak, and I'll uh, I'll add you to the stage, and we can chat a little bit. You can ask your question. Um, again, I'm, I'm Mike Richmond. I host Locked On Blazers, a daily. Portland Trailblazers podcast five times a week wherever you get podcasts. Um, I assume some some of you know that, but if you don't, that's that's who I am. I've been covering the Blazers for seven ish seasons um, for various outlets, uh, and uh, it's it's uh, I I've never covered one quite like this. This is truly strange. Uh, other other sort of notes from this game. Uh, I thought I thought Norman Powell, despite. Um, despite maybe his, his shooting numbers aren't particularly impressive. I thought Norm showed his value again in this one. He continues just to be um, someone who can, who can um, provide, provide a real boost. Uh, I also think quite frankly, and maybe this is my sort of hottest take from this game is that this game proves that the Nuggets are an okay matchup for the Blazers in the playoffs. Obviously they're going to have uh Monty Morris back and that kind of changes thing and obviously changes things. And, and, you know, they, they can get more production or Aaron Gordon and Will Barton didn't play super well for, for Denver and that Blazers and Denver can get more production from them. But I don't, I don't see Denver, even with, even if, you know, PJ Dozier plays a shit ton of minutes. And even if uh, Monty Morris is healthy, I don't see them having uh, the, the right type of personnel to be able to guard Damon CJ at a high level. Um, and on the other end, they they don't have the like big imposing wing that gives the Blazers problems like uh, both of the L.A. teams uh, or or even Phoenix to some extent with with Devin Booker. Like, I don't think I think. If if the Blazers are able to get there, like if the Blazers are able to stay in sixth and Denver climbs to third, I think this is an OK matchup for Portland, quite frankly, like I would rather. If if I'm the Blazers, I would rather play Denver than either of the LA teams. I'm assuming that LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to be healthy for sure. I would rather play them than Utah, just because I think Utah can just shred a team once they get hot and get going. Uh, yeah, like I, I I kind of think this game is proof that while D- Denver's obviously good, like Jokic is going to win MVP. Um, you know, they've got They've got a ton of athletes. They just come at you with all their off ball cutting and stuff. And they're kind of relentless like that. I think this is as good a playoff matchup as the Blazers can ask for. If, if you are, um, you know, the Blazers got to get, they got to get in, they got to get, you know, just sort of get their spot and not really worry about matchups. But if they can pick among the teams ahead of them in the standings, I think Denver is the, is at this point, I would say their top choice for who they would play. Um, I'm not, maybe that's not that hot of a take, you know, thinking about the NBA standings. But, um, but for me, I think this game really proves it. I, um, you know, I said Jokic is going to win MVP and I think he will. And I I don't even think that's like a wild thing to say. Uh, Joel Embiid certainly will have his, have his say and he'll probably finish second in the voting, but I think Jokic is going to win it. But um, Nurk can guard, Nurk can guard Jokic at least 
okay. Like the hardest thing to do to deal with with Nikola Jokic is that it's really hard to switch onto him. If you switch a little guy onto him, he's going to shove their ass into the rim. Like he's just so strong. If you put a most big guys on him, he's just he's not like fast, but he's crafty and smart enough that he'll just get past like a traditional center with up like little up fakes and just his his um his sort of understanding of angles and his and his again his strength to like once he gets past you to stay past you um Jokic is 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 just brutal like that and the, and the Nuggets went to their pick and pop a whole bunch at the end of this game just like non-stop just kind of just like let's let's run it and see if, how the Blazers handle it and it worked out pretty well you know Jokic drew a couple fouls um but uh you know it it in theory, the Blazers have sort of the personnel to guard Jokic. Like th- that's that's okay. And as good as Michael Porter Jr. is, he isn't that sort of like really physical, imposing wing that can bully the Blazers a bunch. Tyler Buckland in the chat says, I would also like to play the Nuggets. This is in the playoffs. But the way the regular season is progressing, I don't see that happening. Why not? The Nuggets are a game and a half back of the Clippers. Uh and if the Blazers can hold serve, they're a game and a half ahead. If the Blazers stay in six, let's let's just assume the Blazers avoid the play-in game. Uh, wh- why why um, why would the Nuggets not catch the Clippers? Like, why is that impossible? I mean, the Clippers look awesome, right? They're kicking ass. The Suns also, who are in second, are kicking ass. Um, I don't think it's crazy to think that the Nuggets could t- could in the final fourteen games. What have they played? Forty seven games. So yeah, they've got they got fifteen left or fifty seven games. They got fifteen left in the final fifteen games. They can make up a game and a half against the Clippers. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, I mean, I, I might agree with you that it's relatively unlikely, but it's not like they don't even have to. You know, there's you don't have to do any crazy math to see to see that the Nuggets could catch could catch L A. Um, I, I I mean. They they play one more time this this season Saturday May May first. Uh, the, the Nuggets will go to the Los Angeles Clippers, and I think you know they they win that game. They'll they'll be right there. I I, I um Tyler says it's not crazy, but I don't see it happening. Kawhi is resting at least another week. You don't see it happening. I'm just telling you, it could happen. You don't. You're you're just Tyler. You're just calling your shot here. All right, let's take a quick break, and then I'll play the rest of my conversation from the locker room app. But before we do that, let's talk about Bet Online. Y'all know Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You want to bet on the NBA? Well, you can do that there. You want to bet on NHL games? You can do that there too. MLB games? Yeah, all of that. And each of those sports will be covered by real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. You want to bet on field goal attempts that Carmelo Anthony will have over the weekend? Yeah, you can do that on Bet Online. Plus, Real-time scores, real-time news. It's just the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to their website, betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is betonline.ag. The promo code is LOCKEDON, and what you'll get with that is a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. The family business has been serving auto part customers for over 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com right now to search from, to, excuse me, to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And while you're there, you really will be able to search for a bunch of stuff because they got everything you need from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks and all be delivered directly to your door. 
And the clicking couldn't be easier because at rockauto.com, the catalog is unique and it's remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then you can choose the brands and the specifications and the prices that you prefer. And the prices is the best part. Because at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to do that. Instead, you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked on and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irving, Jason Lockenfora, Brian Baldinger. Plus our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcast, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, let's close out the show with the end of my conversation with the locker room last night. Again, download the app. Join me on there. It's it's like I said, you've listened to it. It's it's basically this podcast, but in live form. I have a lot of fun doing it. I think it it makes for a fun conversation and people can ask questions in real time. What you're going to hear here is more of my conversation, uh, answering listener questions. And also Sean Coleman from Locked on Grizzlies is going to hop on here. I tease Sean a little bit and call the Memphis Grizzlies a smelly basketball team. But then he hops on and joins uh, and provides insight on the, on the team. The Blazers are going to play three of their next four games. Um, really, really crucial games. Friday, Sunday, and then Wednesday against the Grizzlies. The Blazers probably need to win two uh, to make things interesting, but uh, Sean provides a little insight on what's going on with the Grizzlies. So here is the rest of that conversation from Locker Room. AJ Woods in the chat says, um, Nuggets want to play the Blazers too over the Lakers. Yeah, I think the Blazers are like everyone's choice, <laughs> quite quite frankly. I think ev- I think everyone is like looking at the standings. Everyone's like, well, shit, dude, how can we get Portland? Like, I think that's, I think that's the Lakers number one choice. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really something. Uh, also in the chat, uh, JJ Wilson says Clippers definitely aren't going to let themselves play the Lakers in round one. Yeah. I mean, let themselves for sure. They're not going to try to, but, um, you know, <laughs> uh, the other team's also going to try to win. Like it's a game and a half, it's a game and a half difference. And, and the nuggets pl- and they play each other, like in the final 15 games, I don't, um, to some extent, you only control so much of your destiny. Uh, Tyler, Tyler says, sorry, Mike, three, one point losses got me depressed. Yeah. I mean, man, man, it's the, you know, the, the last like three legitimately good teams they've played with all due respect to the Hornets. Um, and and the Spurs to some extent, although I think the Spurs are just like normal, not very good. Um, the Blazers have been right there, right? They they were right there with the Celtics, one of their better games of the year, and they lose. They were right there with the with the Clippers, and they just wilted in the final two minutes. Gave up a ten three run to close the game, and they lose. And then tonight against against the Nuggets, they they kind of had a, a tough start to the first to the fourth quarter, and then they're. Final five minutes, their offense really never got much juice going, and then, uh, but then a wild scramble, and they had it. They had a shot. They had a 
you know, Norman Powell has a, has a decent look at it in terms of like scramble situations to get one in there and he doesn't score. It's, uh, it's, you know, it, it, it's basically, I don't want to say like it happens, um, because the, you know, the, the Blazers have, they've, they've been more, more lucky than they haven't this season, but like, you know, uh, most close games are, are, are kind of toss-ups like that. Uh, here's here's a stat for you. Um, the Blazers are 0-9 against the top four teams in the West this year. They are they've lost, they have not, they have no wins over the Jazz, no wins over Phoenix, no wins over the Clippers, and now no wins over the Nuggets. Uh, another one in the chat. Aaron Aaron points out, non-Blazers fan here, love watching you guys ball out their funnest, most unique good team in basketball question. How big is Nurk not being hurt, not, not being hurt right now for you? Um, he's it's, I really stumbled over that one, Aaron. Sorry. Um, he, I mean, he's the, in some ways, the most important part of the blade. I mean, obviously Dame, right. But in some ways, um, the most important part of what the Blazers are doing um, with Nurk on the floor, the Blazers are a good, a good defensive team. Not not like a, an elite defensive team, but a good. They're like a competent defensive basketball team with Nurk on the court. The numbers suggested that at least. Um, I'm sure you can watch and see them times when they suck on defense uh, when when Nurk is on there. But with Nurk on the court, they're a pretty good defensive team. And when Nurk is not on the court, they're they're one of the worst defensive teams literally of all time. Uh, Nurk on the court, a defensive rating of of one ten. Uh, Nurk off defense rating of 116. It's it's like a seven point swing basically. Um, he and his passing opens things up. Like Nurk is just incredibly important. Um, it's it's like he the the some of it is the like it, not only is Nurk like a good defensive player, right? But he's he the difference between him and 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 Ennis Cantor is massive. Um and his ability, he's a he he sets really good screens. The Blazers can run a lot of offense through him, which gets both Dame and CJ off the ball. And uh it's it just every he's just so important. He's the key to this whole thing. Like obviously they just need Dame to play well. Like every team in the league just needs their best players to play well. That's not like breaking news or whatever. Um but you know it's <laughs> But it's, but it's Nurk's, Nurk is the guy that sort of unlocks what they can be. Um, as a couple people have pointed out in the chat, Joey Pushki says, uh, why the hell is Nurk shooting threes? Um, yeah, I don't know that. That was just the shittiest decision by Nurk. It's like the offensive had kind of broken down a couple times. I think he had seen like three or four possessions in a row where they just hadn't gotten good shots. And then he sees himself like unguarded at the top of the key. And he's like, yeah, dog, I'm just going to fire one. And he airballed it. Um, a crucial possession. It's like, I kind of just think that's a shot they can always get. Like they're not going to guard Nurk at the three point line. He's always going to be able to get kind of just like a, okay, I'll shoot it type of three pointer. And they can just, he just need to be more patient there. Um, as Harvey points out in the chat, Nurk was so damn tired at the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, his, his fitness is a real thing. Like he, uh, I, I, he's not like on a minutes restriction anymore. I think that's kind of like BS that, that the idea he's on a minutes restriction, he's just, you know, he's always been a guy who plays like slightly less than 30 minutes a night. And tonight he pushed up towards 30 minutes and the final two minutes of the game, you know, Nurk played 29 minutes in the final couple minutes of the game. He looked gassed. Tyler Buckland in the chat. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when the starting five is healthy, we've yet to actually be blown out. So it's something to hold on to. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you blowout numbers, but I'll, uh, I know that 
with among uh, lineups to play at least 100 minutes together, the Blazers starting five of Dame, CJ, Norm, Rocco, and Nurk is, has one of the five best net ratings in the NBA. Like, they're just really good. They're good. That group is good. Um, you know, they... Uh, I'd have to, I guess I could look back at the schedule real quick to like double check the blowout thing, but that sounds right to me. Like that, that group is, that group is competitive. Like that five, that five works and is competitive. It's obviously they have some flaws cause they're a little bit small. Um, and they have, you know, they, they could use you know, some more offensive help, but, uh, they've, um, yeah, that, that, that group is good. Um, Someone just pointed this out. I saw on Twitter as I'm trying to get more people in here. Uh, you know, the Blazers, the Blazers have lost five of six. And one of those, that one win is the game in San Antonio on Friday night when the Spurs missed three shots in the final seconds. They're basically one Spurs jumper away from a six game losing streak. Uh, this is, um, you know, obviously that includes like a really embarrassing loss to the Heat and a really embarrassing loss to the Hornets. But, you know, the this is why these close losses matter so much. It's like they're obviously playing better and they played better against Boston and better against the Clippers and better against Denver. And yet what do they have to show for it? Like they they really need they de- this team just desperately, desperately needs um they, they they need I don't know like what the exact word is it other than validation they need they need that they need this effort they need they've played well enough to sort of get close um, and they need they really just need that validation they need to be there and um, and and get some wins that's they 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 definitely they that's just there's no other way around it like I think they're playing well and better but they just you just need wins you just need wins. Aaron in the chat says, uh, "Bubble Nurk was ridiculously good. Yeah, he has he has some real juice in the bubble. Um, that's what they need from him. That's they really need that that juice. And I think he he's kind of getting there. Like he's been better. He's looked better. Um, but uh, you know, he's he's clearly still kind of um, up against it." fitness wise like they need him to be a 30 minute night guy to be a competitive team and if and if like 27 is where he maxes out at well then now you have this other calculation right now you're like how much can we play ennis against teams that can attack him in the pick and roll how often can we go small and play with like a small ball group and 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 what does the small ball look like like it, it you really start to have to like move the pieces around the chessboard when when nurk is if nurk can't play 30 minutes like if you if you're stealing 18 minutes no problem ennis can give you two nine minute stints and be pretty good um but if you if you're you know if you're stealing 24 minutes it's it becomes um the calculation gets gets really gets really tricky i mean the blazers all year have had a had a slim margin for error and early in the season early this year they were just pulling out all these close wins right like they were just winning a kajillion clutch games and they have kind of you know, I, I don't know if it's like luck catching back up with them or just the schedule catching back up with them, period. But it's like this is their formula for being a competitive team two months ago was that if the games got close, they had the best closer in basketball and they were going to go win it. And now against better teams, against like sharper defenses, just, you know, smarter and better competition, um, it hasn't been that easy in the same way. Obviously the Clippers game, no Dame, it's not the same thing. And here, you know, uh, I guess like outside of the final possession where it's like a jump ball and then they scramble down and go outside of that. um, 
you know, then they're, they're not really running real offense. So it's not like they can like find Dame or whatever, but prior to the, prior to that moment, their offense wasn't very good down the stretch. Like they were, they were not getting shots. They wanted the the one shot Dame did take was a long left wing three that he missed. Um, It's just, they, you know, they, (laughs) I I don't, I can't say it's like, they just, they just needed points in the worst way. And, 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 and they really, they really didn't like, they just, it, it was a long drought. You know, Nurk had that tip in with like just under four minutes left. And then the Blazers didn't score again for nearly three minutes. Like um, that Nurk tip in came at 348 remaining in the fourth quarter. And then their next bucket was when Dame made a little, uh, a little pull up with a minute 37 left. He he went baseline and hit a little pull up. Um, so, you know, that's that, that two minute drought basically that 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 two minute drought which included um Robert Covington missing a layup, Damon Lord missing a little floater in the paint and then Nurk missing Nurk missing a, a couple tip-ins um and then Nurk missing that airballing a three-pointer like those three possessions where you come up empty that's the difference in the game in a lot of ways like that that is where this one this one got away is like those those two minutes from the 330 mark to the 130 mark is where um, you have a chance in in a tie game to to get some good shots, get some good offense, and they don't they just don't get it. And like I said, slim margin for error. You know, all all close games are kind of a kind of a coin flip. But um, you know, this is this is going to be the test for them. They've been so good in the clutch. Can they can they get back there? Uh, Harvey asks, as I say that Harvey's writing a long story. So, so many people on Twitter believe the team is playing terrible right now. So the fire stops crowd are loving life. But if they were on the opposite side of just two of those three one point losses, I guarantee they'll be raving about team performances. I personally think that the team is playing some of the best basketball of the year right now. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's so hard not to be swayed by wins and losses. Yeah. I think that is one of the the funny things about the way uh, all of us fans, analysts, media, you know, podcasters, such as myself, um, when the results paint how we feel about the team, like you want to be, everyone wants to be like, it's all about the process. You know, you got to like respect, like you got to, you got to zoom out and you got to know, like if, if, if people's process is good and all this kind of, um, nonsense in a way, but, but like, you know, CJ hits a shot against the Clippers. That's a really good win. Otherwise it's a really bad loss. And like, some of that is just factual right like they need the wins they can't um they (laughs) there's no moral victories i guess but um you know i think they are playing better i don't know if they're playing their best basketball of the year but they're playing they're playing a lot better absolutely a lot better um yeah and just like to the people that there are there seems to be a large portion of the fan base that just that that wants terry stotts fired and i think some of it is just like it's become almost like a meme. (laughs) So people are just sort of like reposting. It's like memetic are posting the Terry Stotts fire Terry Stotts meme. I'll tell you what, I don't think Terry Stotts has been a very good coach this year for the Blazers, but um, the difference in them being a championship level team and what they are now is not Terry Stotts. Like, could they be better? Yes. Would, Would a different coach make them better? Probably. But would they sort of jump up six spots in the standings and be like the Utah jazz with like a, a different playbook and a different, you know, voice guiding them. Mostly hell no. is my, is my thoughts on that. Like um, they could be better, but the sort of the difference in them and championship window is not, is not the coaching staff. Uh, Tyler in the chat says one thing I've noticed lately more than usual, some questionable shot selection. 
but I guess it comes with the ISO style that I think needs to go. Yeah, I mean, some of the ISO stuff is the team, right? Like CJ likes to dribble and, and shoot ISOs, shoot, you know, shoot in ISOs. He likes to pound the rock and get a shot off. Damian Lord likes to play. He likes to run high pick and roll, and then he likes to size up his man and go to work. Um, if you're going to play Carmelo Anthony, you're going to watch them isolate. Uh <laughs> Sometimes the offense bogs down and your seven foot, 300 pound center um, <laughs> uh, takes a bad three pointer. Like some of it is the players. Some of it is the style. Um, and certainly like maybe a, a slightly different style could cut down on ISOs, but you're just, it's some of it is stylistic. Like you could reduce it with a different offensive system. This is like the coaching thing. It's not binary. Um, a coach is not going to completely change the way guys play. A coach could change how they approach things and how the sort of, they get into stuff. But like at a certain point, players play like players play and players do what they do. And a, particularly guys like CJ McCollum's played eight years in the NBA. Carmelo Anthony's played 18. Um, the zebras has their stripes for a reason. Choi Pushki in the chat says, um, off subject of tonight's game, but I know you're a bandwagon Terry coaching his last season with the Blazers. What do you think about Mike D'Antoni being the head coach or David Vanderpool? I don't think I've heard of the head coach you would want to see here in Portland. Don't be afraid to give me a hell no. Hell no. No. Um, I don't know if D'Antoni wants to be a head coach again. Um, he's a really good coach. Like he's an all-time great coach. Uh, one of the funny things about people who want D'Antoni, like if you think Terry Stotts is stubborn, you should watch Mike D'Antoni's teams. His whole like belief system is that you do the thing you're best at every time down the floor. That's like, that is D'Antoni's belief in a nutshell. Like identify what you do best and do it harder, better, sharper. That was the way he coached the Suns. That was the way he eventually coached the Rockets who kind of just did what they do. Now those teams are really successful. Like he's really, he's a really good coach. Um, but in terms of like adjustments, that's the big thing that D'Antoni gets, gets sort of dinged for is that he's not, he's not like comfortable making making small time adjustments or, or even just like any adjustments. I think um, <laughs> in some ways, like D'Antoni is the exact problem. Um, David Vanderpool, who was the, who was a associate head coach here in Portland or a, you know, a lead assistant here in Portland. And then uh, got the, got an associate head coaching job with the Timberwolves. I kind of think there's zero chance that Vanderpool's the guy, because like, if, if they wanted Vanderpool, he'd already one, they would have never let him leave. And two, he'd already be the head coach. Like he got Vanderpool got passed over for the head coaching job in Minnesota when they hired Chris Finch. That was the time that the Blazers could have moved in and made their move. They could have fired Terry, made this hire. Um, and they would have made this hire when, when DV had like the sort of least leverage to, to talk about what his salary demands were like, that's, that would have been the time there's like 0% chance. Um, uh, Tyler in the chat says it would be a big difference in, op in opinion if CJ hits the elbow jumper and Dame hits that deep three at the hash. So you live with it. Yeah, I agree. The, the, the close games, you know, close games come down to single shots. That's that, that's kind of how it is. Um, it's, it's not, maybe it's not fair, but it's like, you know, it's a, it is indeed a make or miss league. Uh, Harvey Grant says, damn bro. If Yim gets let go, I ride. He seems like such a nice guy. Yeah. John Yim is, a, is a really nice dude. Like he's just a cool dude. Um, I've, uh, you know, <laughs> when I first started covering the team, my first year on the beat was in the 2014-15 season. And uh, Yim was just like a background video dude. Like he would be on the court working out with these guys. Like he was 
you know, he's certainly, he worked for the team, was involved with the team, but he has grown from my first year there when he was kind of just like video guy, back of the bench to being to a seat behind, like a prominent seat behind the bench, um, a true assistant coach role. He's responsible for individual scouts. Um, that's why you see him do TV interviews in the Blazers broadcast. Whoever, whichever assistant does the scout for that opponent, they get to do the interview, or I guess they have to do the interview, a uh, halftime interview. Um, so yeah, Yimmer has, has grown Yimmer. That's a little, little inside nickname for you. Yimmer has grown from, uh, from being sort of the video guy to being a pretty integral part of the coaching staff to really, he's, he's gotten promoted, um, in my time around the team and he's, he's a good dude. Um, I, I don't know how that works. You know, I would assume that most of the assistant coaches get let go, but he, he's a video coordinator. So I'm not a hundred percent sure if he's tied to Terry. Um, you would assume that if they do bring in a new coach, that that guy gets to make all of the decisions. Um, so, you know, not, not like literally every single one, like he won't change the analytics department or whatever, but in terms of like, if, if the, if the new coach has a video team or video you know, dude, they want to work with, they'll, they'll bring that video person in. Um, so Yimmer, Yim will work in a league. I'm not worried about it. Emmanuel Kirkwood says, I can't imagine what the Blazers record would be without Dame's early season heroics. I know, man. I know. Um, the Blazers started 16 and six in games that were within five points in the final five minutes, 16 and six. Uh, you know, they're going to, most of those games are going to be uh, going to be toss-ups, but you know, they won in overtime against Houston the second night of the season. That was the uh, that was when James Harden was still on the roster. Shout out. They won that one point game in Toronto when or against Toronto and Portland when Pascal Siakam's shot rimmed out. Uh, they won a close game in New York when Dame had 40 um, against the Knicks early in the season. They they won that insane game in Chicago when they basically stole the game in the final five seconds when Dame had six points in the final five seconds. It's, um, it's, it's bonkers, right? Like that, that a couple of these just, just absolute thefts um, without, with Dame's heroics, uh, you know, at Dallas when Dame, when Dame did it again down the stretch and then at New Orleans, that trip where he basically won two games for them all on his own down the stretch. Um, it's uh that's, it's, it's wild. It's, <laughs> they, have, they have a lot of these where it's just like, well, I guess he's going to take this one. A um, couple others from, from the chat is Eric Worstel asking, uh, is this regression to the mean? We've lost some close games lately. Were we winning a lot of close games early in large part? Yeah. I mean, some of it is Dame's just Dame's heroics. And some of it is just, so like some of it is regression to the mean. He was shooting, there was a time when Dame was shooting 60% from two and 50% from three and a hundred percent from the free throw line over the Blazers first 20 two 23 uh clutch games like absolutely bonkers absolutely bonkers right um just uh just kind of unknowable um but but yeah some of it is regression to the mean some of it is just you know they they play um they're playing against better teams like you know it, there's a different flavor of stealing a game in Chicago against a kind of mediocre bulls team bad teams find ways to lose versus you know better teams like the like Denver and LA who have these you know go-to stars like Paul George and and uh, Nikola Jokic who can uh, who can just give it to you the same way as you give it to them on the other end you know there's just um it's very different um Joey Pushki in the chat says, who's your favorite player to talk to and ask questions? I mean, this is kind of like a cop-out, but Damon Lord is the best 
athlete I've ever interviewed in terms of honesty. Um, you know, he looks you in the eye. He's I'm, I've been around him for a long time. So we, you know, we know each other and have, have, you know, a professional relationship. Uh, he's, he's honest. He doesn't, when they lose, he doesn't shy away from answering tough questions. He always is willing to, to, um, you know, he's, he's a little bit, uh, he's more positive than I am. So he's kind of relentlessly optimistic in a way that I'm not, but, um, he's, you know, he, 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 he listens to, he listens to questions. He answers honestly. He pushes back if he disagrees, he disagrees. Like there's been moments in the locker room when I've asked him a question and he hasn't liked it and we've disagreed, but he's, he's, he's professional about it. Even if you make him mad, like he's, he's the best athlete I've ever, um, dealt with period. And, 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 it's, I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, Tyler Buckland says our point differential is still negative. Yeah. They're minus 20 on the year. Uh, that's like just raw plus minus on the year. They have a 20 minus 20 point differential. It's something that eventually catches up with you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the point with the, with the close games, right. It's like point differentials, maybe the like real proof of whether it's, it's like a better over, you know, a 50, 60 game stretch. Like that's, that's how, um, that's that's kind of who they are it's like you you know whether if you know if good teams don't play close games good teams beat the shit out of bad teams and the blazers just haven't they have not been able to do that uh jason lynn in the chat asks the blazers are traditionally a team that comes alive in the second half of the season we've seen them improve the past few games despite the loss what do you think their ceiling is over the next 14 games um ceiling <laughs> something like uh eight and six i mean let's just let's just read them out um let's just read them out it's memphis memphis in at indiana at memphis at brooklyn at boston at atlanta at cleveland that's the end of a six game trip and they finally play a bad team in atlanta Home against the Lakers, home against the Spurs, home against a bad Rockets team. That's we've now discovered two bad teams on this list. Um, at Utah, at Phoenix versus Denver. Like, uh, whew. Um, the Pacers are bad, so you want to like right now they're bad and they're super banged up, they're super injured. So you want to you want to get in there. Um, I see that I see that my man Sean is in the chat, so I'll just say this now: the Grizzlies suck. That team's bad. They got a they got a shitty point guard. They're all their players are bad. Um, they're, they got, their fans are smelly. <laughs> um, just kidding. I love the Grizzlies and John Morant. Uh, yeah, I, like the Blazers four, like eight and six, I feel like is their ceiling. Um, these Memphis games are going to be crucial. Um, like Memphis Friday and Sunday, if they don't, if they don't win one of those games against Memphis, uh, Sean Coleman is the host of locked on Grizzlies. That's why I'm harassing him in the chat. Um, Let's Sean, do you want to come up, come up on stage and actually talk for a moment about these about these delicious grizzlies? Let's do it, Sean. Welcome. How you doing? Mike, we don't get to talk as much as I would like to. I love listening to the show. You are absolutely amazing. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Hope you've been well. Oh, I've I've been all right. I keep I keep having to watch close games where the Blazers yeah. lose, um, which I don't know. It's but the Blazers have played a ton of entertaining games. From my perspective, it's okay. Um, I think from a from like a diehard fans perspective, um, it's it's getting pretty dire. Things are getting pretty dire. But the Blazers play three of their next four games against the Memphis Grizzlies, thanks in part to a COVID pause that happened in Memphis earlier this season. Um, what what you know what triple j's back jaron jackson jr's back for the grizzlies what what is the sort of state of memphis right now well the state of memphis is is that you know it, it, it's a different grizzlies team 
than we've been used to seeing. First off, I just hope that we play. <laughs> I just I, I know that we we you know the, the Grizzlies I think are going to have a little bit of extra motivation. Obviously, for those that remember, the Blazers are the one who put us out in the bubble, and rightfully so. I, I am going to be I am a huge huge Dame supporter. Love Dame. Um, but I think the Grizzlies are going to be to have an extra motivation. But of course, you know we played the Blazers when uh, the season was canceled last year. But JJJ is back. The big thing, Mike, is that the, the Grizzlies are Grizzlies are playing a little bit of Blazers type of ball. Uh, it's been an absolutely historic offensive month for us, especially when it comes to shooting the three. Yeah, they're so, making uh, threes now, man. Crazy. Yeah, near the top of the league in threes, near the top of the league in offense rating, obviously a downer tonight. Uh, but I think it's going to be more of an offensive game than people may think, at least from Memphis's side. And so I'm really going to be excited. I'm hoping that the defense of Memphis stands out because I think that's where they have a bit of advantage over Portland. Uh, but, you know, you're going to I mean, have to yeah. make threes. And I certainly feel, you know, an impact from Memphis in this game. I think they're much more capable of keeping up with Portland when it comes to threes than they Sure. I mean, the Grizzlies basically, not only were they not, didn't they, they didn't make threes early in the season. They just didn't take that many threes. They were just a low, they were a low attempt team. Um, And it's just, the math gets really hard when you're a low attempt team. You know, like you just, you're going to lose games because the math is going to catch up with you if you only shoot a bunch of beautiful looking floaters. Um, Is Jonas Valanciunas, who, who missed tonight's game with a concussion, do you think he will be cleared for protocol Friday or Sunday? Uh, Sunday may be a possibility. He was out there tonight. Um, it, it, there, it, it's you couldn't tell there was an injury. Um, I haven't really heard anything as far as his concussion goes yet. Uh, but I do think there's a good chance that he at least plays in one of these two games. Um, obviously, you know we missed him tonight. We missed him the past two games. But to answer that question, yes, I do think that he's going to be back for uh, one of the next two games. After you know, it seems like he was in, in good. Um, do you have a similar custom denim jacket to the one he was wearing this evening? I, I absolutely did not. I, at one point, cause I'm a big Batman fan. So I, at one point wanted to get the denim jacket that was dipped in, um, you know, just, just complete black. And I wanted it to be my face and Batman's face, you know, <laughs> his face on one half, my face on one half. But my wife said absolutely not. Unfortunately, I had to go with what she said. So unfortunately, I do not have that. But I'm thinking about finding Jonas's online and ordering one. You know, even if it comes from a less than trustworthy site, that that is just one of the style statements of the. Year. It really was. My wife's actually in the chat, so uh, <laughs> let me know if I can get a custom denim jacket with uh, either Batman in my face or a wolf in my face, and uh, I'll go ahead and order it. Uh, a couple questions in the chat. Uh, AJ Woods asks. Well, I'll just put. Read, I'll, I'll go through a couple here. Tyler Buckland says, "No way, we." Shout out to collective pronouns. Win three of three against Memphis, but closing out the month five and six would go a very long way to avoiding the Mavs. Yeah, I mean the Blazers got to. That's they got to finish six, not just because of seeding, but because of the four game break you get if you if you do not play in the, the four day uh, break you get if you do not play in the play in game. The sort of mental and physical rest of missing the play in tournament is is crucial. Um, AJ Woods asks a question for you, Sean. What happened with the Grizzlies tonight? Thought they had it. Oh, they they could not stop Fallon and the Clippers did a good job. Oh, go ahead. Sorry about that. No we worries. Could not, we could not stop fouling, unfortunately. And 
I know people point to Jaron being back as being the reason for that. It wasn't. We just we could not stop fouling, and that let the Clippers come back. And then they outshot us from three. They defended the three well, made nine of 14 from three themselves to go along with many free throws in the second half. Uncharacteristic night, only 19 assists. The Clippers did a good job of taking this away from our pace in our game um, in the second half. So so they absolutely did. And again, I um, you know I, I would be happy getting a win against Portland over these next three games. I'd love to go two and one, but if we can go one and one on this split, I'll consider that a definite. Yeah, the way the Blazers have played against good teams, I do not see them winning in Memphis. So if they are going to if they're going to to hold off uh, a Grizzlies team that's looked really good and has is has a winning record on the road is a you know is a solid road team. Quite frankly, um, somehow they have a losing record in Memphis, but you know weird things happen. Uh, they got to win minimum one game in uh, this weekend. Um, and the Blazers have been playing better. So I think, I think it should be a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of fun, a lot. It should be, you know, it's a fun matchup, honestly. Um, Sean, why, why doesn't, and I want to know this too. Why doesn't D'Anthony Melton play more? Basically, it, 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 it's an interesting question. I think that it's one of the things that it comes down to is Taylor Jenkins preferences. Grayson Allen, Matt checks a lot of boxes for Taylor Jenkins. And one of the biggest things that Taylor Jenkins wants, he wants a pure shooter next to Jaw. I sure, know Belcher sure. categorizes as that. But it's hard to argue because, you know, in the first half of the season, we were the best first quarter team when it came to our starters, the best first quarter teams in terms of net rating. Now the starting lineup is a big reason why we've had one of the best, if not the best offensive months that we've seen. Grayson has been doing just fine. He certainly has developed. I think that Coach Jenkins just really likes Melton in that bench role and feels that he really makes his difference against second units, though I agree. I would start Melton in a heartbeat. My biggest thing, though, is this, is that if the starting lineup is working to start games and we're getting off to a much better start to start games than we were in March now, start Grayson all you want. Just close with Melton. Right, You've got right. to close with Melton. And, and, and this whole thing about him only getting 15 and 20 minutes, I absolutely agree. You cannot let him only get 15 minutes. He needs to get 20 to 25, closer to 25 each night, and the majority of those need to be in the second half of games. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird, honestly. Um, it's The nerds love uh, D'Anthony Melton, and even if you're not a nerd and you watch him play, he's fun. Like, he, he's, he's just fun. Um, I wish he played more, for sure. Well, Mike, it's past my bedtime over yeah, here. Yeah, it's late I'm... where you are. Get out of here. I yeah. appreciate you joining us, Sean. Hey, if you wanted to uh, get together and talk next week at some point with uh, this stretch, uh, just let me know. But always a pleasure. Good luck to y'all starting after these next four games. Yeah, All right. good luck. Good luck Thursday of next week, right? All right. Yes, see you, man. Sir. Appreciate you. So that was my conversation from Locker Room. Love you to join the show next Wednesday when we do it. It's, it has been a lot of fun. Thanks again to Sean Coleman for joining the chat. Uh, unplanned, but really a welcomed expert to join in and provide a voice on an upcoming opponent. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>